Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. So uh, today I am joined by Britton Betridge. He is the Director of Business Operations at Leaders for Clean Air. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Stuart. I, I've been looking forward to this and uh, I'm a fan of the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I just uh, I wanted uh, today's kind of a, a special thing because uh, we will be talking about Leaders for Clean Air, which uh, you're working for and a little bit later. But I, I think it's important to, I guess, sort of start at the beginning because this came up on my radar because I, I look at plug share a lot being a, an EV driver. I'm always curious about, you know, we have chargers that we install here around town, who's checking in, where, where, what spots are being used. And I would say a few years ago, a company called PackSize just popped up to have <laughs> some EV chargers, which was wonderful to see, because unfortunately, we don't get a lot of businesses that just sort of take the initiative and put in EV chargers. And that just sort of kind of stayed in the back of my mind for a bit. And uh, until recently, you know, I started this podcast and a Evolve KY member, I don't know if they just knew about size or they worked there, but he kind of turned them on to the great stuff that this business is doing. And I looked into it and it and it just looks like a great story. Can you, I guess, give us a little bit of background information on what the business size is and, and what they do and a little bit about their uh, the CEO there? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so size International is a company that is based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. And they have headquarters uh, in, in Kentucky and a couple other other places. But their main headquarters are, are here in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Right. The, the founder and CEO of PackSize is a gentleman known as Hanko Kessner. And he is the definition of an entrepreneur and a pioneer in, in the EV industry. And essentially what PackSize does is they create a right size package for, for any company that really ships or uses any cardboard type of box. And so PackSize's whole goal is to be able to eliminate emissions by uh, reducing box sizes to the right size. You know, you get an Amazon package or, or any, any package that maybe, let's say, is five inches too big? Well, think about the, all the emissions and and uh, all all the excess resources that are going into you know the shipment of that one oversized package. And right. so, pack size is really found on this you know blue sky green mindset of you know reducing this box size because clearly, I mean, even over the pandemic, shipments have have gone up like crazy and just through through the past you know 10 to 15 years they've gone gone up like crazy just given the whole entire shift into internet retail and so that's that's a little bit about pack size and and what their whole entire mission is the reason why you see you know those those charging stations is is pack size really wants to help the the people working there pack size employees uh, adopt electric and ultimately give them, you know, free gas essentially by 
putting workplace charging stations in there. And they also have, you know, a, a program to where they will agree to pay part of either a lease or a loan for one of their employees if it's an electric uh, car as well. So they're, they're huge into adopting electric vehicles. Yeah, and I mean, you know, two things there. Um, one kind of going back a little bit further um, is the actual kind of mission of pack size, which I find fascinating because I think, you know, probably most of us have had the experience of you order something and it's shipped to you and it's a relatively small item, but it's sort of like comical. It's like this, you know, little box that's in a medium sized box that's in a bigger box. And you kind of have to think, wow, how wasteful. And here's a business that something that most people really don't think that much about and how elegant that is to really analyze and see it as a problem. Analyze, you know, we, we, we are going to be shipping things. And by having a right size package, you know, for that one package, it might not really make a huge difference. Several thousands of packages, uh, and it can make a huge difference. And, and it's just very interesting to see that you know, it's really looked at as something that can make a difference, a small thing that can make a difference. And I think, you know, with climate change and people get so bogged down by everything these days, I think, and, and feel like it's insurmountable, but it starts with the little changes. And that's really what I see as like the beauty of something like Pack Size. once I started looking into it. And then just you go to their website, which I find fascinating, and you could actually see these, you know, videos, these short videos. There's one of a guitar and you'll see like the traditional packing and what that looks like. And then you'll see something that Pack Size did and how it, it's different. And, and it's, it's, kind of a more elegant solution. Now, does PackSize do this for clients or is it something that they sell the machinery or is it both? Yeah, that that's a really good question. Probably one of the most, most popular, you know, they have these cutting edge uh, machines that actually go into warehouses or places wherever they're, they're shipping out of and creating this box and packaging out of. And so the, the idea is that the machine is actually there in the warehouse spitting out boxes to right. be able to create that, that right size packaging. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And again, you know, if, if uh, we have some kind of geek folks out there that, that want to be amazed, it's really kind of cool to see. I've always liked, you know, videos of machinery, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and what they can do. And, and this is amazing stuff. Um, yeah, you, you go on to on to Paxa's website, and you can see a lot of those videos that as as you said, but you get into to these new machines, like, for instance, Paxa's X7 that is fully automated. You you place a, a package on on one end and it spits out completely right sized to the T with a shipping label on there uh, and it's ready to go out the door. It wow. it's it's pretty just like you said, you know, something very simple but is being overlooked in in the marketplace and, and pack size really has has a niche and a solution for that for for clients. And they have uh, they have some very um, big clients, is that, yes. is that right? Yeah, ab absolutely. You think about you know a, a lot of the the different clients that the pack size does have that that are shipping out. As you noted, 
you know, thousands and thousands um, and sometimes millions of packages. Think about how many truckloads if a package is reduced, you know, five inches, let's say. Think about the many truckloads that that really reduces um, right. fuel costs and, and emissions and, and along those lines. So, yes. Yeah, and I, 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 um, I of course, I'm going to get into the EV stuff because that's what this is all about. But I, I did want to kind of take a moment and just kind of, you know, observe that. I, I just find that fascinating. And, you know, you were mentioning uh, electric vehicles for employees. Now, that's been significant. I read where, I guess, at the uh, Utah main pack size, how many uh, level two chargers were installed? Was it 50 outside the headquarters? Yeah, I think it's, uh, as you noted, you know, uh, around 50. Uh, I, I think that in total, there's there's about, uh, we, they're, they're adding constantly because of the amount of uh, uh, employees that are adopting electric vehicles. Right. And so I, I think currently we're sitting around, you know, that 55, 56 mark. Uh, with level two fast charging as well as uh, DC fast charging stations as well. We have two two DC fast charging stations. Okay, what will it take to get the DC fast charging stations here in Louisville too? Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that is a good question. You know, it's uh, it might be a we're first. I don't, I don't know if there are any uh, any here. Uh, there might be some at, at some um, maybe at the motorcycle dealers or some of the car dealers might have them, but uh, yeah. So, yeah, we we see actually at at the Salt Lake City building, we actually get a lot of uh, different people. You know, it's free charging. There, right. There's no cost. Anyone can come up and, and hook up. Right. Which is how Pack Size want it to be. Right. Uh, and I, I believe that's the same in, in Louisville as well. But yes. Yeah. They, it's it's pretty uh, funny. You see these, you know, lift drivers because we're pretty uh, close to salt lake city right. national airport come up and use the charging station or you have other employers their employees are coming right. up on their drive home right to, to fill up and so it's it's definitely a a unique site for sure currently but there's definitely that that's going to be less and less unique to pack size as people hopefully adopt now you were mentioning earlier um how PackSize is encouraging their employees to drive electric. Now, you have kind of a unique program going on there, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So so PackSize actually pledges if an employee, when the buying window opens for their next car, PackSize actually pledges to, to pay, you know, a portion of their, their loan or lease uh, if if that car is electric. And so you see more and more that people are doing the math. Number one, if, if their employer is willing to pay a portion of their, their payment or, or lease, whatever it might be. And then on top of the the savings of going electric as well, it's it's a it's a no-brainer as far as thinking about adopting. As well as you have charging stations there in the parking lot at work. And so essentially you're getting a, an abundance, you know, you're getting your fuel paid for, you're getting portion of your electric vehicle paid for as well. And you're being cleaner and uh, all, all the other benefits that you can think of. 
Yeah, it's sort of a no-brainer. I mean, what a what a great perk, you know? Yes. Uh, for an employer to offer to an employee. Yeah, I mean, fuel costs. And if they are brand new to EVs, what better way to kind of turn somebody on to driving electric than uh, to help them get their first electric car? You know, is that is that the case with a lot of these people, that it's their first electric car? Absolutely. They're starting to realize that adopting is actually realistic for right. for them right and and you think about you know you have all these companies throughout the world that really want to give back and, and give these different perks think about the return on investment uh that these that these businesses are seeing from from their uh from their employees right you know think about how much more money is going back into their pocket for for not paying these high gas prices for right. you know living a just a cleaner and straightforward and and a lot of times i'm sure you see it all the all the time Stu, is is that if people are driving electric they're more mindful in other sustainable green parts of their life as right. well so you right. have this this true green mindset and this culture in this company that is now taken on not only are you living this culture in your company at pack size but that is translated to each employee's life personally and within their families. Well, and I, I assume also, you know, employee retention, you know, I mean, again, how wonderful a way to treat an employee. Um, I mean, a car is a very personal item, you know, um, so you're really kind of, you know, getting to the core here uh, by providing, you know, transportation, cleaner transportation, cheaper transportation. Yeah. So it's all all really, really good stuff. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about leaders for clean air. How did that come about? Yeah, that's this is a uh, kind of the the awesome part of the story and you know going back to something so simple and and maybe seeing a problem in the marketplace with air quality. Pinko mm-hmm. the the CEO of Packsize, you know, he he saw this problem with air the the clean air problem here in the state of Utah. Right. And and it goes back to actually attracting talent. He noticed that that top executives that that he had at his company, he was actually losing talent due to the air quality here in the Salt Lake Valley and Utah Valley. And for all those who haven't been, you know, to the Salt Lake or Utah Valleys, the the Wasatch Front, there is there is mountains surrounding, and so it creates this this bowl, essentially, to where you have this terrible inversion. Um, a lot of the time out of the year and you have these top talents coming in and bringing their families and relocating to only develop these health problems. Right. And so Hanko saw that not only is this um, not attracting talent, but I'm also having health problems myself. And so that's when, he decided to actually form a nonprofit called Leaders for Clean Air. Uh, we were established in 2015, and essentially the whole entire mindset is to help people adopt electric vehicles and become more sustainable. And so with this, you know, we, we started very small with a pay it forward type method of, you know, pack size would purchase another company's electric vehicle charging stations and leaders for clean air 
would go to that company and say, hey, Paxi's already paid for your charging stations. Would you like charging stations? And they would say, sure. And then we would ask and say, okay, since Paxi's already paid for your charging stations, would you mind paying for the next businesses charging stations and, and so on and so forth, especially here in, in Utah. And I, you know, this varies, but 50% of uh, pollution, the emissions comes from tailpipe. Right. And right. so eliminating that is huge. And that's, that's kind of how leaders for clean air was, was started. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a great example. Uh, I know here in Louisville, uh, the mayor recently signed a document basically saying, because, of course, all these different cities have fleets. And um, basically, when the, the fleets are, are ready to be, you know, get new vehicles, um, they need to, they have to look at either hybrid or plug-in hybrid or fully electric. I, I of course, you know, want to uh, have everything with a plug because mm-hmm. that's just cleaner and, and more elegant. But you know, having that come from the top is a wonderful thing. And, you know, that's how it's going to happen. You know, it, it sets an example for other businesses. It sets an example when people see these cars on the road and all of that. Uh, just just to add to that, you know, you mentioned that the, that we have, you know, I think all throughout the United States, we're dealing with, you know, leadership in government, listening to different sustainable ideas and going electric and all, all the new things coming out currently. Right. And essentially, Leaders for Clean Air found that the voice of business is what the government truly listens to. And so Leaders for Clean Air isn't just this nonprofit going around, but we represent and we are the voice for business when it comes to air quality and electrification to help move in the right direction to, to help these leaders realize you know, what businesses want, what is going to be great for the economy and, and going from there. Now, how do you contact these other businesses? Is it basically a cold call? Is it meetings? Is it talking at, at public events? How does that happen? Yeah, that's, that is a great question. You know, given a, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's word of mouth. And they're so satisfied with our work that they will pass our information along to their different uh, clients. And, right. and customers, whatever that, that might be. So it's a little bit of both. You know, we, we're, we're definitely unique in the fact that we're a nonprofit just wanting to be able to, to place as many charging stations as, as possible. And so people find that that's really appealing. And we're able to give them non-biased insights to what kind of charging stations and educating them exactly how, how to do that. So it comes in various ways. I wouldn't say one particular way uh, as, as most businesses, obviously. Now, do you, do you have basically one brand of level two charger that you typically you know, recommend or use, or is it multiple? We're pretty, we're pretty unbiased. So we're okay. agnostic when it comes to what kind of charging stations um, they push for, you know, there, there are, uh, certain ones that we try and steer our clients away from, you know, leader, leaders for clean air, we really help uh, these businesses install these charging stations for little to no cost by utilizing all of the grants and rebates possible, as, as I mentioned. 
Right. And our job is to be able to make these rebates, the this funding go as far as, as possible. And so we've found that, you know what, a lot of our clients we're running into are installing these super expensive, you know, networked charging stations that really don't meet their needs right. at, at all. Right. And so we we try and just advise the client. Sometimes, you know, the capabilities of these expensive networked charging stations, you know, they they need those capabilities to meet their needs. But I'd say probably 80% of the time we're running to these clients that that just need a non-networked charging station that will simply just do the job. And so we we try and push for, you know, whatever charging station is going to meet their needs, but we really root for a non-networked charging station. And typically we've found with our manufacturer relationships that we can actually, you know, find something that would still meet their needs with a non-networked charging station, whether that's monitoring or a locking or hooking into building access, whatever that might be. And I would I would add also, even within, you know, non-networked level two chargers, I'm not naming any names, but there are some very expensive chargers out there that aren't of the kind of quality that I would you know, recommend <laughs> to anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, so, I mean, it's good how... to have that kind of experience to and, and background to know uh, that, you know, you've done your research, you've seen, you know, things uh, in, in the field, and that's extremely valuable. Yeah, we hope to bring that to, to businesses, and, and we believe that we do, because it, when people are doing things for the first time, and this has never been done before with this revolution of, of electric vehicles, and so when when there's a friendly voice like Leaders for Clean Air to be able to to guide them as far as what kind of charging station is really going to do the job, it it really helps for people to, you know, a, buy a charging station one time and use that for a long period of time uh, versus, you know, purchasing a super expensive charging station that's going to be breaking down in, in a year or two. Right. Right. Now, have you had, um, I mean, how many companies in a very ballpark kind of way have have um, kind of joined up with this program and have installed chargers? Yeah, that's that's a great question. We you know, it's adding every single day. Uh, it's getting to the point to where, you know, we are not even having to go out to, to clients and, and businesses, but businesses know who we are and they're they're coming to us constantly. So this number is increasing every every single day but say we we've helped about 350 companies um throughout uh the state of utah as well as a handful outside of of the state of utah we're looking to expand and and to be able to bring what we bring to the utah market uh to other states as well so now have all the businesses been uh, kind of on the same page as uh, I, I suppose what PackSize has done, which is not only offer these chargers for their employees, but also make them open to the general public. Or has there been any kind of pushback on on that part? You know, most most companies that we approach are really open to to be able to have people come and use the charging stations. Uh, because they want to encourage adoption for sure, okay. but that it is situation by situation, um, and so I wouldn't say that it's completely uh, the same 
as far as what pack size really wants to accomplish. But I'd say probably 80% of our clients are open public charging stations that, that really want to encourage EV adoption. Okay. Okay. And do they also um, kind of embrace, I would say the other part of your, of the pack size model, which is helping with EV leases or purchases um, or is that, you know, sometimes that happens. Is that encouraged? Is, is that something that's basically up to the business? They just will put the chargers up and, you know, the employees kind of have to connect the dots. How does that work? Yeah, that, that is a really great question. You know, you don't see that as much as, as a perk as far as what pack size is doing with right. incentivizing and, and maybe paying some of their, their car payments. Although as of recently, like in 2021, this has been probably a top of a conversation on many of my calls with with clients. And, and so I'm seeing that become more and more popular as people are trying to encourage adopting electric vehicles and giving perks to their their employees. But it's it's not as popular, but something that definitely should be considered, I'd say, for, for really all businesses, especially with attracting talent currently in the economy today. Uh, with so many job openings right now. And I know, like like, like you said, with uh, the uh, Utah pack size, the main headquarters is more than 50 level two chargers, which is a huge amount. Um, is there an average that these other businesses end up, you know, installing? I imagine it's it's lower that, than that and perhaps even significantly lower than that, which is fine. But is there an average or what, what kind of range are we talking about as far as yeah, I, chargers? You know what? I, I really wish I had that number sitting in front of me from my own knowledge and, and what I'm recalling. I think that it's around eight or 10 okay. uh, on on average. And Leaders for Clean Air, we, we try and encourage more adoption. So we, we try and advise these different businesses to install 10% of their current parking so that, you know, for the next five or seven years, it probably will increase dramatically, but that at least these companies will be prepared for that and will not can take advantage of these rebates in the sense. And a lot of times, you know, these, these companies are, only wants to install one or two, but we would advise them to at least, you know, run the conduit as you're tearing up the, the cement and the concrete and asphalt, you right. can actually run the conduit to, to ensure that, you know, when the time comes and you need more charging stations, it's not going to be thousands and thousands of dollars, but you can just simply run a new, new wire through the conduit and, and place a charging station on top. And so a lot of times we're, we're trying to push for more adoption. And the install part of it, I assume, is up to the, the individual business. Yeah, there, there are different, like here in the state of Utah, the Department of Energy has a grant that pays for 50% of the install as well as 50% of the actual hardware for the charging stations. And okay. so it varies by by different communities, but we, we try and uh, incentivize them for, for install as much as possible. 
Now, uh, Leaders for Clean Air is not to say that the EV part of it isn't enough. That's plenty. But uh, <laughs> that seems like a big umbrella. Is is there uh, additional things that you all are looking at, too, now? Or uh, is the EV thing plenty at this point? Or, or has, what, what, I'm kind of curious about that. Yeah. Leaders for Clean Air is never sitting still as far as what we're trying to be able to accomplish in the air quality side of things. And so we're really heavily focused on area source emissions and trying to look into different areas of of adoption uh, with area source emissions. And so we're we're heavily involved in in trying to, to pioneer and focus on on different routes. As far as anything that that we do currently, we can advise on anything sustainability, but we don't have any um, incentives or or anything along those lines in place as of right now that Leaders for Clean Air particularly focuses on. As, as kind of you're looking to the future, what what kind of goals do you have uh, as far as more of the same? Is it is it going to be uh, you know exponential growth? Yeah, that's well, we hope for exponential growth and we believe that that will definitely come to pass just given what what has gone on in in the past several years. Recently, uh Utah came out as the number one state per capita for electric vehicles, if if that makes sense. And so we we pride ourselves in doing that although we are really pushing for the mindset of diffusion of innovation. And our goal is to be able to continue to incentivize these companies or individuals with dispersing all the funding possibilities out there and, and educating them on, on what's going to really meet their needs. And our goal currently is to be able to encourage the first 15% of early adopters to adopt electric vehicles. Because, you know, just as the diffusion of innovation states that if we adopt the, if we incentivize the first 15% of innovators and early adopters, then from there, adoption really take, take over. And so currently Leaders for Clean Air is truly focused on that 15% of EV adopters and, and those innovators. And that's great. Yeah, that's absolutely great. Well, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else that uh, I, I didn't ask or that you wanted to touch on uh, before we uh, wrap up? No, I would just encourage uh, for people to to visit our website, leadersforcleanair.org. Okay. Uh, we, don't, we don't just focus on, on people in, in Utah, although that's been our primary market. And so if there's any questions or you know, we would love to be able to assist and go to work for you to be able to find some of the uh, incentives for installing electric vehicles and just check out our website. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, spending a little time with me. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Stuart. It's my pleasure as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash stewsevu. 
Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.